I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Erin Groves. Happy December. I hope everyone had a fabulous weekend. I did not really do too much on Friday. I did a little bit of a bar crawl on Saturday, and here I am recording on Sunday. Busy week. And I am super excited for this episode. Just to give you a little background before we jump right into it, I had actually been talking with Mike, who's been on the episode before. I know there's been requests to have him back on, and he actually recommended doing an episode on all things mental health and focusing on the positive side of that. Obviously, this is the pop podcast and things and tips for people out there who are struggling if they're on social media and the comparison game, or maybe there's certain relationships in their personal life that are not serving them. And how do you balance all of that in a very fast paced world that we live in? And so since it is December and I talk about how grateful I am for my friends and for my family, I thought, why not dedicate this month to just those two groups of people? Last week, I had one of my best friends on, Laura, and this week, I have my sister on, Olivia Groves. Say hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, Erin. Thanks for having me on, finally. (laughs) Yes, she is. So Olivia and I are 22 months apart, so she is... 27. She turned 27 in September and then I am 25. So I'm going to have her do a little introduction and then we'll jump right into the episode. Take it away. Okay. Um, so yeah, obviously my name is Olivia. <laughs> um, I am Aaron's older sister. Um, like her, I was born and raised in Columbus, went to Ohio State, um, graduated there in 2016 um, with a degree in biology. And then started working at a pediatric hospital for a couple of years um, in clinical research. Um, And then now I'm actually a second year medical student at an osteopathic school in Kentucky. Um, So that's kind of my professional life. Uh, Personally, um, I have dealt a lot with a lot of health problems, like really honestly, since I was born. Um, That is a huge part of my story, both um, has led me to like where I am now and also part of my mental health journey. Diagnosed with uh, Crohn's disease when I was right before 13. So it was back in 2007. Um, going into seventh grade, I was diagnosed with that. Um, and a couple of years before that, like in elementary school, I had some kidney problems. Um, and then in high school, I was diagnosed with hypertension. So um, yeah. That's kind of another part of me is my health journey with all of my different health problems. But I think that's it. <laughs> quite quite the introduction there. Uh, I'm just kidding. So yeah, Olivia and I obviously have been siblings. We also have a younger brother, Mason, who may or may not make his debut eventually. I'm just kidding, Mason. I know he listens to every episode. And my family has been so supportive of me throughout this entire podcast journey. I know my sister wanted 
to go into med school since the time she was little, honestly. I feel like we all knew that she wanted to be a doctor. She is a lot smarter than I am book smart wise. She takes after my mom on that one. And so her and I had been talking back and forth and I love to give my friends and family an opportunity to be on the podcast. And so we thought, why not have her on just to talk about her story and the things she's gone through. And I will share certain things about myself too along the way that I think her and I have aligned on and little things that we have done to put ourselves in that mindset of focusing on the good and the positive in life rather than letting your circumstances define you. And I think our intention for this is just A, to bring awareness. And I want to preface to that she's in medical school. She doesn't necessarily have her DO yet, but neither one of us are doctors. Take everything we have to say and it's all our experience and things that we have gone through. I know when you're talking about subjects like this, there can be a lot of opinions, which everyone is entitled to an opinion and we don't want to downplay or we didn't, everyone is on their own journey. I think that's the most important thing. And this is something that I remind myself each and every day is her journey is different than mine and we're siblings and it's going to be different from everyone out there listening. But we want you to walk away with this episode with some key takeaways of things that you can implement in your own life to maybe stop scrolling on Instagram if it's not serving you or get off of TikTok if you feel like you can't, if it's like keeping up with the Joneses, if you are struggling in relationships both, both personally and professionally, giving tips and things that we have done to make sure that you're reacting the not proper way, but reacting in a manner that's appropriate given the situation and really giving people the benefit of the doubt. That's one thing that I wanted to take into 2022 is just, you never know what someone's going through. We can be quick to judge or quick to come to an assumption instead of actually hearing people's stories and listening to things throughout. So I just think that really was our intention for this. And we want to focus on the good. This is what this entire podcast is about. And my sister has been someone like she just mentioned that has dealt with a lot of health issues and the things that she's been doing the last few years to take control of her life and not be a victim of your circumstances and not kind of fall into that mindset, which I personally think is very inspiring. So I am going to turn it over to her to go a little bit deeper into her journey on the mental health. Okay. (laughs) I think the only thing I do want to add to that is I, yeah, I am only in my second year of medical school. Um, I'm not an expert in mental health by any means. And a lot of what um, I really want to talk about is more so things that I have experienced and things that have worked for me. I've done a lot of self-reflection and I've worked a lot um, on myself to become a stronger version of who I am today. And by no means am I an expert. I've done a lot of research. I read a lot of books. Um but if I can share my journey and help some people, then that's something that I am absolutely more than happy to do. So thank you for kind of giving me this opportunity, Erin, <laughs> to do that. So with that said, uh, I guess I can start out with um, shortly after my diagnosis. So for people who don't know, Crohn's disease is an inflammatory bowel disorder. Um, when I was diagnosed, 
they kind of figured it out because I was losing a lot of weight. I was super, super skinny, um, like under 90 pounds for a seventh grader at how tall I was, was not normal. Uh, I was sleeping all the time. I was having all kinds, all kinds of GI issues. And so they were finally able to figure that out, um, that it was Crohn's disease. And when I was diagnosed, Crohn's was still uh, relatively unknown. There weren't a lot of treatments. We didn't really know how to handle it. Um, and they also didn't really know how to handle it in such a young population because that, that pediatric population and how Crohn's presents in the pediatric population is very different from adults. So uh, we struggled with how, kind of how to treat me. They put me on steroids right away. And so I gained whew, close to 50 pounds, I think, um, in just a few months. And that was the beginning of my bullying kind of aspect of my life. And so obviously in seventh grade, you are not, you're already going through so many changes physically. And it's a stressful time for any seventh grader, for any 13-year-old girl to kind of be at that point in their life. And so to have to deal with the changes that my body was going through because of my medications and whatnot, that was super stressful. And it led to a lot of bullying, unfortunately. Um, and that kind of just continued. It made me really introverted. And I think Aaron can attest to this. I really didn't get a voice, I don't think, and was extremely introverted probably until college age-ish and maybe even after that, uh, because I had just been, it was so difficult for me to trust people, um, from when I went through just in middle school and high school. And then, um, after that, I got into college and experienced, uh, I wasn't allowed to drink. I wasn't a big partier. I really just focused on school and my health and that was it. And so I did kind of get, you know, bullied because of that. I wasn't like everybody else, wasn't the crazy college kid and people didn't understand that. So that was a little bit difficult. Um, I've had a couple of not so great personal romantic relationships and those were, um, extremely abusive physically, emotionally, and mentally that Aaron can attest to as well. And, um, but really a turning point, I think of where things kind of started to grow, to go up was when I, after I graduated from college and I started working at the Peds hospital I wasn't quite ready yet to go into medical school, and so I started working um, in an emergency department with clinical research, and I absolutely loved it. I grew a lot professionally. My mentors really pushed me to kind of find my voice and um, become a little bit more extroverted, and so that allowed me, it just gave me a lot of confidence I really hadn't had for years because my illness and things that I had gone through had really... I had such low self-esteem. I wasn't confident in really anything. Um, and so that was a really big turning point. And then in 2020, I started medical school. And I do not know how to explain it, but I left Columbus and came to Eastern Kentucky. And I swear it felt like I lost 100 pounds. Like there was just so much weight lifted off of my shoulders. I never had experienced anything like that in my life. Like I did not realize that I was so unhappy where I was in Columbus. And I had only ever been there. Like, you know, I mean, Erin, at some point she left Columbus and went to UK and Lexington and she kind of went away and our brother left and I had never left. And I did not know that I was so unhappy because I didn't have those experiences. And so I came here and I live in the middle of nowhere, basically. 
<laughs> in the She's middle of Canada. <laughs> and in the middle of the woods, I do a lot of hiking. I'm outside a lot. I'm in a small town. Um, my school has 140 kids in my class and the second years are also here or the first years now, I guess are also here. So there's maybe 300 kids, um, in the program around here in this town. And I'm the happiest I've ever been. And when I went to leave, so I got through my first year and it was, like I said, I don't know how else to explain it other than I was just so happy. And I don't know if I, I guess I want to stop there because I want to see yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to interrupt her. I like to have guests continue talking, but obviously this is something that I watched. And I think the first thing that she touched on, which wasn't until 2020, and this is something that for me personally, my, our parents, and especially my mom always advocated, and this is something that I appreciate so much of getting out of where you were from and just seeing the world around you because you don't realize where you're at or the things that you're unhappy with until you're removed from those situations. And I've touched on this on previous episodes of how much, and this is something that I work with myself on all the time, is my sister and I used to butt heads over this stuff because I I couldn't understand and this is just being young of why she would put herself in certain situations or associate herself with certain people that I could just tell were making her unhappy. They were abusive to me. They said some of the meanest words. I mean, some of the people. And I just couldn't understand it. And I remember going to my dad one day and I was like, dad, I just don't understand. It's like the Enneagram 8 in me. I'm like, I just don't understand why she's associating herself with people like this. They're just mean they're not nice. They don't like me. They were just, they wanted in my dad. I remember him just saying like, Aaron, you just need to let go. She's going to figure it out. And I still remember that conversation because I think it was then, and this was in high school that I realized that one day she's going to figure this all out. And I think it's a testament to sometimes you, you have to get to that place to realize where you're at and where you can go from there. It's kind of the quote of like, you have to hit rock bottom to see the top of the mountain. And I feel like that really rings true in her story. And a question to you is, when you, looking back on it now and all of the work that you're doing internally, do you look back? And I don't like to use the term regret, but do you look back and recognize that those dis- the things that were happening in your life were there to mold you and make your story? Or do you look back and you're like, I wish I wouldn't have done those things? Because I think it's a kind of a good mindset shift there. No, every single thing that's happened in my life has made me who I am and has made me so incredibly strong. It's going to make me, I mean, I like to say that I, I think I'm a very strong person. I think that all of these experiences that I've had and the really bad experiences that I had, the poor choices that I have made are going to have make me a better physician. They've made me a better friend. They've made me a better human being. And so I don't regret any of it. I think that I, I obviously every, everybody's journey is different and it leads them to who they are today. And so, yeah, no, I, I really would not regret anything. What I will say is that And I think I've learned this as we've gotten older, that Erin is younger than me, but I think in a lot of places she experienced 
things in life before I did. And you don't normally see that, I feel like. Normally the older person goes through it because they're older. They've been on this earth two years older. But I think that you went through more struggles at a younger age that I didn't. Even though I had health problems and whatnot, there were some things that happened to you, like with your shoulder and with swimming and those things that were really difficult. I mean, you were a sophomore in high school. And yes, my Crohn's was difficult. Yes, the bullying was difficult. But it wasn't something that was such a turning point yet. Like it hadn't been a turning point in my life yet. Whereas you had already experienced those turning points. And so I think that's a really intriguing and kind of different dynamic to our relationship. Um, it's just that we have, we've each gone through a lot. You just happened to do it at an, at an earlier age than I did. And a point here is just recognizing that this is the first, like everyone's journey is different. And mine came at an earlier point, which I know I've touched on this in some of my first episodes of I had put my identity in sports because I think that's what I've known my whole life was, that was my strength. Like my sisters was always being smart at school. My brother, my parents, like, and not that I'm not smart, but that was just where she killed it. Like that's just where she did so good. And not to say that's the only thing that her self-worth was in, but she was just so smart. She was always the top of her class. Like she wanted to be a doctor. And I think mine was always sports. Like I thought I was going to go to college for sports. And once my shoulder surgery happened, and that was a, my sophomore year, I had to figure out who I was outside of that. I had no idea who I was outside of sports. That's I ate. I mean, all I did was sleep, eat, and work out. And so I think that was when I had hit that rock bottom and I was unhappy and had to shoot to the top. And just because I was 16 and you were in your 20s doesn't mean that one was right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's why I grew frustrated with her is because I didn't understand because she was older how she didn't see it, which is now I'm looking back and that A is not fair and B, that wasn't the most mature mindset to have. But I think when you are on the flip side of it, you can look back and recognize the things that you did along the way. And there's things that I would have changed or I know now that is not the correct response. Kentucky has changed my life. I love it here. I'm so happy. Uh, school is definitely difficult, but I've had the opportunity to surround myself with some really, really strong people. Uh, however, this summer... I ended up going back to Columbus to work. Uh, just It was my last free summer, so to speak, before um, school is just nonstop now, basically from here on out until I graduate in 2024. Uh, and so I remember one of my friends, my closest, one of my closest friends here, he, we talk, what we would talk almost every day. And he, he said to me at some point during the summer, he was like, you are different. And I didn't really quite understand what he meant. And I did a little bit of a reflection and I realized that I was kind of unhappy again in Columbus and I was super stressed out. I was working all the time. Uh, I have a tendency to put myself, I, I don't say no to people. So people, I was working nonstop and um, I was just drained like to the utmost that, I mean, yeah, it was, it was kind of bad, but um, finally when we came back. I, wasn't the person that I was when I left earlier this year, when I left um, Kentucky and I was still unhappy. And so he finally convinced me, he's like, I think you should probably try to talk to, talk to someone and just kind of figure out what's going on. And I was like, all right. Uh, and so I went to our school counselor and after my, during my first session with him, I kind of, I went through everything that had gone on that had happened in my life. I went through 
everything that I had gone through with Crohn's and my other health issues and my romantic relationships, my friendships, everything. And he looked at me and he said, Olivia, you've had a traumatic life. And that took me back, took me back a little bit because you hear the word trauma. And to me, I think of someone who has been physically abused for years, who grew up and they really struggled at home, like their family had no money. You don't think of someone going through trauma. Like I, I didn't think that my situations were that I had gone through trauma, but to be honest, I had, and my body was acting that way, was reacting that way. Um, I found myself getting a lot more anxious. Like my thoughts were going crazy. Uh, I would had crazy kind of mood swings. And now I think of it, I think our mom kind of realized that a year or so ago when I was in one of my relationships, she would tell me, she was like, Olivia, you just were mean all the time and just so unhappy. You know, I had gone through a period of not really working out. I let my body go and I wasn't taking care of my Crohn's and whatnot. And so physically my body was just deteriorating and I was seeing a lot of symptoms in with my Crohn's. And, um, so to have this, this counselor kind of tell me, he, he told me, he's like, Olivia, your sympathetic nervous system is on fire and it's not shutting down. And for a second, I felt kind of silly. Cause I'm like, Olivia, you just finished your first year. You just took neuroanatomy for an entire semester. Why do you not realize that your sympathetic nervous system is on crazy and is like always on? <laughs> And so we obviously know that the sympathetic nervous system is that part of our body where it's our fight or flight stage, right? And when you think of it, I feel like when we learn about it in high school, you are told that that's what kicks in when like someone's about to physically attack you. Uh, And that's the only way, for some reason, that's like the only way that I saw it. And so to me, no, I was like, no, my sympathetic nervous system's not going crazy. I'm not being attacked. But over time and over all of the trauma that I was continuing to put myself in and like going through my sympathetic nervous system was in survival mode. And so it was just kind of got to a point where it was constantly on and I had to learn how to. And so what he had told me, he gave me some tools and some papers and was just like, go through these, see what kind of what, how your body reacts um, to certain situations. Like, are you, flight? Do you avoid things? Do you freeze up in bad situations? Like what happens and be able to kind of learn how to recognize these things when they happen, because that's when your sympathetic nervous system is telling you that you're experiencing something traumatic. Um, and then we've started to work obviously a lot on how to calm that sympathetic nervous system and things to do. And there are so many things to do. And I think there's so many things that we can, that we talk about. I know that you've talked about personally, for me, it's helped to get outside. Um, I go hiking. I'll just go for a drive. Like just being honestly in sunlight helps me a lot. Um, baking and cooking, spending time with friends. And so over the past, I don't know, like six months, uh, my thought process of how I deal with my past has really changed. She gave a lot there. And this is something that we touched on in Hannah's episode of the sympathetic nervous system. And when your body, we all deal with some sort of stress and it kind of goes back to, and this is something that my sister and I talk a lot about of just like the, your perspective and how you choose to look at things. And I think one of the most important things that she has done is 
not ignore it in a way or pretend that it's not there, but you're acknowledging the things, but it's what can I do to change my circumstances? What are the little things that I can do to, if getting outside makes you happier, who are you spending time with, which I know is something you're going to talk about. And I will say, I think our parents too have been such big advocates for, and a lot of the things they do, I think Olivia and I encompass in the way that, you know, our dad works out all the time. Our mom used to before she got in a car accident. They do a lot of things that just fuel them. And I'm going to try to convince my dad to get on because he's one of the most positive people you'll ever meet in your whole life and can make anyone laugh. And he just really chooses to look on the positive side of things. And I think for Olivia, going and seeing something was the step that she needed to take to recognize where she was at because it's hard to listen to family and it's hard to listen to friends sometimes. You, just, She just needed to be like, hey, I'm unhappy and what can I do differently? And so are there specific tips that you have implemented in your life for people out there around the holidays, especially that are under stress or maybe they're in the workplace right now and they're overwhelmed or they're trying to navigate relationships? Are there certain things that from your experience, you could advise for people to leave this podcast and be like, let me try this. Yeah. So I think the big thing, and that was my point of kind of bringing in the whole sympathetic nervous system and understanding your body that I know, like like you said, Hannah touched on, was understanding that there is such a huge component between your mental and emotional health and your physical well-being. And That is not something that I think I fully understood until recently, which some people might think is crazy, but I really didn't understand it. And so I think I, because I didn't acknowledge that I really did, that I struggled and had gone through so much mental and emotional stress. I didn't realize it because to me, that was just my life. Like it was fine. You know, I was still able to do so many things. My health was still relatively good. You know, I have, I've been relatively lucky on so many counts, you know? But ultimately, my body had had gone through trauma. So I think the biggest thing is recognizing that if you do feel like you're worn down and it's hard for you to want to be around people or um, you're just struggling, realizing that it might be something that mentally and emotionally you're, you're, you're dealing with. It could be trauma that you've suppressed for years and stuff like that. And it's finally affecting your physical state. And so... Like I said, I think some big things for the biggest thing for me was was realizing that. And um, another big thing for me was being open to processing and communicating. So I've always had a difficulty communicating my emotions. And that really stems from being in friendships and um, more importantly, romantic relationships where I didn't have a voice and I had been just so emotionally abused and told that I'm worthless and nothing that I didn't, I couldn't, I, I basically lost it chance to communicate. And so over the past year, I've formed friendships at school and professionally as well, because I would, I would say I had these kinds of interactions at Nationwide. I just didn't know that they are at like the Pete's Hospital I worked at, um, that they were affecting me in that kind of way was be open to finding people who you can communicate with and fostering those relationships um, and really just creating kind of like a safety space. And I think Another important part is figure out what's work, what works for you, right? Like there's so many things that you 
that you can do. I know, Erin, you have really gone into like your yoga and um, what else? I know you do your uh, working out meditation, meditation and those kinds of things. And so uh, something that my therapist had talked about was really talking about replenishment and doing those good and like replenish the good and like the endorphins in your body. Right. And so for me, it's going outside, going on hikes. Um, I'm lucky enough to live like in the mountains. So I can do that whenever I really want. Uh, sometimes I'll go and play with dogs. Pet therapy is real and it works. So we love our dogs and <laughs> I'm going to chime in before you finish. I think the most important thing that she just said, and the most important thing that I want you to take away from this podcast is that what works for you does not and will not potentially work for yourself. What works for Olivia may not work for me. She loves nature a lot more than I do. She would much rather go for a hike. I would much rather go into a yoga studio. And it's just recognizing that and not putting any sense of pressure on it. We want to give you these tips and things that work for us. If you go out there and try it, maybe one thing resonates with you and everything else doesn't. That is totally okay. And I think that's one thing I have even struggled with is when she was struggling or I have had friends, they would come to me for advice. And I would always say like, go to the gym, go to yoga. I was quick to recommend all the things that I was doing because I wasn't emotionally mature enough at the time to realize that what was working for me wasn't always going to work for someone else. So I just think it's taking and truly asking yourself, if you go to a yoga class, did I actually enjoy that? Or was that the most miserable 60 minutes of my life? If it's the most miserable 60 minutes, you don't need to go back. Simply, you can choose not to do that. So I just think that's something, and this is something that I remind myself all the time, especially in work, is that what works for you does not work for another person and it is totally okay. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, it's it's, it's really funny because Erin and I really could not be more different. (laughs) I think in terms of like, I would always go to her for fitness advice or health advice or eating advice. And my needs of nutrition are way different than Aaron's. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with my GI issues. Um, but yeah, that's a really good, I mean, whether it's volunteering, whether it's going to church, whether it's studying, I mean, maybe some people, they want to learn something new, so they're going to learn a language or they're going to go and, um, research articles about something. Like for me, I found a lot of comfort in researching more about how, how the impact between your mental, emotional health and your physical health is. And kind of talking about your nervous system and that kind of things that really helped me understand. And I think that might be the sciencey portion of my brain and whatnot. Um, but that was huge for me. I think another really big thing was therapy is not for everybody. I actually tried therapy back in 2016 ish and I, I wasn't ready for it. And nowadays it's really helpful. I love going every week. I look forward to it. And it's not so much because I feel like I have a lot to work on, but that's my one hour a week where I cover everything I've done. And to be able to sit in that hour and listen to all the good things that I did that week, that is so therapeutic to me. Because I think that we lose sight of, especially in this day and age, we're constantly going, constantly, constantly, constantly going. And taking, whether it be an hour, whether it be five minutes to reflect and just be like, oh my gosh, look at all these things I did accomplish this week, whether it's you read a book or whether it's you walked for 30 minutes every day or you made a new friend or you reached out to someone you hadn't talked to in a while. Those are big things and they need to be, you should be cognizant of that, that you have accomplished those. 
And so kind of rewarding yourself for me, therapies are as a reward session. It's a place where I can go and be like, wow, you know, I kicked butt this week. Um, and that's really has really helped me a lot. Two, that you just said that you're focusing on the things that you did well this week instead of focusing on the things that you could have done better. And that's what this podcast and my sister and I were talking for a few minutes before we got on. There's certain times throughout the week or throughout the month that I'm really brought back to why I started this podcast. And it's funny that we're doing this mental health episode this week. There's been people on the internet that have been not so nice about my podcast. And it's just funny because that's exactly why I wanted to have this podcast is because I wanted to focus on the good. I wanted to interview and talk to people who, no matter what their story is, no matter if they're have 10 million followers or zero followers, everyone has been on a journey and it's just focusing on the good. Because I truly believe that when you focus on the good, all those good things around you start to get better. And I know this, I've interviewed a lot of you know entrepreneurs and that's been a huge focus as well for me. And it's funny because Nick even talked about that with how high strong and demanding entrepreneurship can be. And there's so much weight on your shoulders. That was even one of the things that he said helped him was just going and talking to a neutral party. So I think whether you're owning a super successful six, seven, eight, nine figure business, or maybe you're in school or you're in high school or however old you are, I think there's lessons to be learned throughout this entire episode of things that you can do and understanding that you're not alone. And Olivia is just here sharing her story. And I know she won't be the last one on the podcast. So, And something that I will say that I struggled with was, and I think it's why went to rock bottom um, and it took me kind of so long to get there was that I always had this standpoint of, yeah, awful things have happened to me, but someone is always worse. And for a lot of reasons, I think that that's very helpful, but I also think in some instances it was allowing, it was making me negate the stress that was being put on my body emotionally, mentally, and physically. And so to kind of sit down and say for an hour everything that I had been through in my 27 years of life, I mean, I was obviously crying by the end of it because I was like, holy crap, Olivia, you know, you have been through, you've been through a lot. And the fact that you are still standing and you are in school and you're doing great and you've made connections and you're so happy is really kind of outstanding. Um, And that shouldn't be negated by any means. And so um, whatever you're going through, it may be difficult for you, but don't make it seem like, I guess we could just go back to saying like everybody's journey is different and it's specific to you. Um, And don't negate your, what you've gone through and try to diminish what you have gone through because just the fact that you're still moving is really incredible. Yeah. I love that. And it just, there's so many different and, you know, again, like I wanted to give a voice to people. I truly believe that everyone has a story. I think it's just how you look at things and, you know, the steps that you take once you realize that you're not in a place that you want to be. And I think too, as we kind of move into the second half of this episode, social media has been something that I'm sure everyone out there listening can resonate with. They've struggled with in some form or fashion, and you've seen it a lot in the younger population, people who are in middle school that are having access to TikTok and all that type of stuff. And I know for me personally, 
It was back in 2019 that I took a three-week break from social media, and that was a really eye-opening period for me of when I realized how much time and energy I was putting into an app that at times really wasn't serving me. And I know this is something that you're going to touch on too, that you have started to take breaks from just to better serve your mental health. And I think this is something that I really wanted to talk about in this episode because social media is inevitable. It's the future of a lot of people's careers. It's a future of marketing. It's our future and it's just how our world is changing. With that being said, I feel that it's up to each of us to control how much we're consuming, who we're interacting with, and how much energy we're giving stuff like this so that it's not affecting ourselves mentally in a negative way. So for people out there listening, I know this is something that you have recently really implemented into your life. Are there certain breaks or boundaries that you put around social media that have helped you stay in a place mentally that you want to be at? Yeah. So I think that was a, that was really, um, a big part of my journey over the last like, couple of months, I would say. First of all, I will say I've never had a TikTok. I had a Twitter, I think in high school and I deleted it before college. <laughs> our um, parents wouldn't let us have social media, which back then we would get so mad at our parents. I remember getting so mad at my mom and it's funny how everyone always says this is a side tangent, but like your mom's always right. And it's so true. She would never let us listen to R-rated music. She would never let us get on social media. And now I look back and I feel like that saved us a lot because we were so behind on social media versus everyone else around us. Like we were delayed on so many things, even like watching TV shows and movies. Our parents were pretty strict on that stuff and not And obviously they were looking out for our best interest. And now we see that, but I just wanted to Quickly yeah, in the moment, we definitely, definitely didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were like, mom, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, one big thing, so obviously, I mean, I, I have an Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Um, and something that I have realized as of late was that one thing we kind of touched on with therapy, which I hadn't touched on um, before was I was creating these relationships that were not, they weren't good, really, they weren't good friendships. I had friends who I thought were friends and one after the other, they just kind of did awful things to me. And so I would lose them in my life. And a really difficult part of me was because I had been abandoned so, so many times, it was hard for me to let go of these relationships. And I think social media had a huge part of that because when you're just constantly bombarded, like by your friends and they're like what they do on social media, you're like, Oh, they, they're still kind of connected in your life. Um, and so I think for that reason, I decided to go off of um, Instagram kind of in like, I don't know, earlier, in this semester, so like August-ish, August-ish. And um, for me, just kind of refocus on the people that were important in my life, right? Because social media allows you to have like thousands of hundreds of millions of people in your life at like literally on an app, like on your phone, you have access to so many people. And I think that gives you this like false sense of connection and relationship that really isn't there. It's like, oh my gosh, you see so many people. There's so many people that I know, but do those people really know you? Are they really important? And a big thing that I've realized is who are the people that are in your front row? And when I realized that there was maybe 10 people in my life that were in my front row, those are the people who mattered to me. Those are the people whose stories I wanted to know. Those are the people whose posts I wanted to see. But I was also with these people so many times, you know, and they're people that are here, they're in my family. 
And just those, I guess, social, like their things on social media became less important because I was there experiencing their experiences with them. And so I didn't really need to like, ex- like see it on social media because I was already there doing it. Right. And so it just became so much easier. It was just so clearing to go off of social media for me and to just kind of be like, take a step back from all these things that I really didn't need to, like all these people I really didn't need to be around. Um, And so I've I've slowly kind of fed it back in. I'll be on it sometimes, but it really more so for me is news. I think Um, social media is inevitable. Like that is the way that we are going. It's been inevitable for years. Now it's going to be part of our lives, whether we want to do it or whether we want it to be or not. and so I think for me, it's how you utilize it. And so for me, I more so have utilized it as a source of news um, and kind of getting my information, um, seeing what's going on in the world. And um, I use it more so that way. Uh, and then for my own personal, like to stay connected with my people, my front row people, I use like Snapchat and just like obviously talking to them and like texts and like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. I don't know how you, so how would you say that you utilize it more now, Erin? I think it's just recognizing if certain things trigger you in a negative or a positive way. And what I mean by that, and this is something that I've really implemented is there's the, there's a mute button. And I know some people are like, oh, that's passive aggressive or, oh, that's rude or whatever. But if you're following someone that isn't serving you or you feel like they're not adding value to your life, there's no need to continue following that person. And as someone that is now on a platform and is, you know, opening yourself up to the world, you're not going to be for everyone and everyone's not going to be for you. And I think that's totally okay. We, you can't like ever, I mean, there's a what trillion people plus in this world. It's very natural for people to not agree with certain things and agree with certain things. That's why you have your friends and other people have different friend groups. Everyone values different things. Everyone looks for different things. I know I had a question on my Instagram a few weeks back that was, what, have your, what are your favorites, favorite accounts to follow? I will say 90% of my feed is a combination of certain bloggers that I love to follow in all quotes and inspirational pages. So I have made it a point to only follow people that are adding value to my life that I look at and I'm inspired or, oh my gosh, I love that shirt or that dress or whatever it is. And I personally have just taken the Instagram app off of my home screen. So it's... Yeah, it's not on my home screen. I know a lot of people put timers on it, which hey, I don't even know. I'm not the most tech savvy person. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. But I just notice if I've been scrolling for a while, I'll just get off of it. Or I just try to be as conscious about it as possible. I think I could be better. I think there are times like on the weekend, if I'm just chilling, watching football, like I was earlier today and just scrolling that I'll get like an hour in, like, okay, what were you just doing? But I would say I'm predominantly on Instagram. I haven't quite figured out TikTok. I feel so old saying that, but I just haven't quite and quite got down that route. But I do think if you're out there listening and you are feel what we're talking about, I think it's good just to make a conscious effort of that. Especially one thing for me is I don't look at my phone for the first hour of the day. I'll check text messages I usually only have text messages from my friends. I don't respond right away. 
But since my morning routine is like wake up, go straight to yoga, then come back, meditate and journal, I won't look on social media until probably like 11 or 12 that day after I've gotten some work done, after I've done meditation and worked out. But that's just what works for me personally. Yeah. I think another thing is, and I don't know if I like made this clear, was for me, what it really came down to was social media wasn't, um, it can't replace the physical connection, um, like that physical tangible connection of like you're really your true friends and those people that are in your front row. And I think for me, it was kind of doing that in a sense. I think it offered me a place to kind of go and not be, I, I mean, like I said, I was so introverted for so long. And so I'd be like, oh, these people I'm friends with on social media, they're my friends, you know? And I realized eventually that that's not true. The people who I'm with off of social media are far more important and are my front row people. Um, and that's where I really want to put my energy towards. So I think it's really knowing like your personal limits. The other thing that I think we could talk about and that was really big for me was obviously I had been um, bullied a lot for my personal image growing up uh, because I had gone through so many different like body changes and my physical changes. I have really um, struggled with like body dysmorphia, I would say over the past like 15 years or so. And so it was really, it was hard for me to get, like it didn't help that, you know, going on social media and seeing all these beautiful women and seeing all these people. And then when I would read comments and people just are just so awful and like, they're not things that were said yes. on my accounts, but that I would see on other people's. I just, I'm like, this is not, if they're saying these things about someone that I don't even know, what would they say about me if I posted something? And so that was a huge, huge turning point for me. And like I said, it really happened because of my history with body dysmorphia and, um, that was another big reason why I really, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> and, I, and I realized that, I mean, it took me for, I mean, forever to realize it, you know, and I've only in the last couple of months have really tried to get off of social media for that reason. Um, but I think we've, I've always been a proponent of building each other up and being friendly. And I think that stems from dad, you know, my dad is like, our dad is like one of the nicest people ever. And he will be nice to someone who has even been mean to him. I mean, the man's a saint. And I think just trying to I think it's really important like as women that we try to build each other up and unfortunately social media it's it's great because it allows you to do that but it also allows you to tear each other down and so it's kind of like it's each individual's preference of how they're able to handle it handle that tearing up and handling building people up building people up um but just that should be I think something that we do kind of just touch on is that aspect of social media unfortunately which this is something that her and I talked about previously too, is that's, it's just kind of how life works. Like there's going to, there's a lot of, there's the good and the bad. And with, you know, things like social media, there is a lot of good. I personally think the good outweighs the bad, but this is exactly why I started this podcast is because I felt like I wanted to add good into the world. I wanted to bring that positive energy into this world. And how can I share stories of people and inspire you to, see the good in people. And I'm getting to that point with the podcast where, you know, I've received messages that are not the nicest. And I had this conversation with my mentor the other day and it was an eye-opening experience. And even he agreed with it is that if you would have asked me five years ago to start this podcast, I wouldn't have not have been able to handle that mentally. And I think that's a really hard thing that 
you want to go out there and you want to share your story, but there's also fear of people saying all of these mean things. And I feel like I'm at a place in my life now where I don't care if you don't like me, because if you know me and you know my intentions, you know where my heart is at. But it is hard when people are saying these mean things to you and they don't know you. They don't, if you don't like the podcast, just don't listen. I'm not forcing you to listen to the podcast. And it goes back to we all have a choice when we wake up every single morning of what we're consuming, who we're surrounding ourselves with. There's so many things that we do have control of. And I feel like social media is one of them. And so it's like, how can we use this app to add value into your life? And how can, if you're getting mean comments or someone is saying something, how can you just choose to be like, hey, that person is clearly unhappy with what they're doing. I'm just going to block them or ignore it and move on, which I know is easier said than done. But I just think when you, again, we've talked about going through a journey and going to talk to someone, it's all to really focus on that good and to be a better person. And I think when that's your intention and that's what you're driving towards, good things and the people are going to surround you. And Olivia talks about her front line of people, which I think is so, I've never heard that before. And just focusing in on them. And being present when you're hanging out with them. And that's one thing, honestly, I struggle with the most and why I always say I'm terrible at social media is I feel like I'm so present sometimes that picking up my phone just isn't authentic to me. And that's something that I personally need to get better at because I get so caught up with my friends or like making jokes that I never take out my phone. And it's hard when you're trying to build a social platform to, I need to start getting better at that. But I just think that's a really, a really good point. Is there anything else that you've done or boundaries or tips for people out there around the social media realm that you wanted to share? I think the big thing that we've talked about that kind of encompasses like this whole, this whole episode thus far is really knowing your limits and understanding your body. And that's not just physically, but mentally as well. And the better you understand yourself, the happier you're going to be, the better you're going to feel and the better you're going to be able to handle like all aspects of life, whether that be social media or whether that be how you are professionally, how you are personally. And so really taking that time, I cannot say it enough, like prioritize yourself. I didn't do it for years. It took me forever to do it and I'm finally doing it. And I'm so freaking thankful that I have. And just taking that time, it will it'll change your life. And so, yeah, that's, I think that's really it. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And there's so many different ways that you can take a hold of it and it's just understanding and setting your own boundaries in life. I would say now more than ever, mental health and better understanding yourself and taking time for yourself has been the headline of so many articles. So many people are talking about it and I think they are for a reason because when you're happy, when you're surrounding yourself with the right people, when you're consuming the right things, the sky is the limit. And my mentor, Mike, who I talk about all the time, he always tells me that he's like, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're trying to help other people, the sky is the limit. You just have to keep working. You have to keep choosing to show up every day, even when you don't want to. And I'm sure this is something you can agree with. It's not easy, but it's no. worth it. Oh, it's totally worth it. And I think another important thing is that I'll just like finish this with is not only will you see changes, but the people around you will see changes. And that's when you know that you're really thriving. Like, I don't know if you were there, but when we were home for Thanksgiving, 
my mom said to me, she's like, Olivia, it seems like you're the happiest you've ever been. And I almost like started crying because I was like, holy crap, you know, she's totally right. And she can see that. And the fact that someone else can see how happy I am, that's really good progress. And that's kind of amazing. And our parents, and that's why I want to get my dad on, have been, and this is something that we're so grateful for. And you kind of touched on it earlier of you would never look at us or think based off of the life we had and the success our dad had in sales and all of that type of stuff that we would go through things. But it's just another reminder that just because someone's life on the outside looks like it's beautiful and everything's fine doesn't necessarily mean that's true on the inside. So it's just giving people grace and understanding that everyone's on a journey. It's something that we're all working towards each and every day. And I hope that when you tune into this platform, especially after this episode, that you leave feeling that we're, we want to help you and that Olivia sharing her story with the intention of helping and giving you ideas and tips and things that have worked for us for you to take out and change your life because this is what this platform is all about for me. And that's why it hits so you know, close to my heart or, you know, when I have friends text me, like, I'm so proud of you. It's something that I'm so passionate about because I believe so much in the power of positivity and being passionate and just going after those things with a good heart because I just know, and I've seen it in my life and in so many of the people I've interviewed life that there's so much good in this world. And it's up to you to focus on that good and not let all of the mean people and comments or whatever it is in your life get you down. Life is way too short for that. As we begin to wrap up this podcast, I always ask people to recap one or two things, but I know my sister has a quote that she wants to leave everyone with, and then we'll go right into the final question. What is the quote, Olivia? Okay. So this is my lock screen. I had a friend post it a couple months ago, and it really just encapsulated, I think, everything that I try to live my life by. Um, and it is, uh, be soft, do not let the world make you hard, do not let the pain make you hate, do not let the bitterness steal your sweetness, take pride that even though the rest of the world may disagree, you still believe it to be a beautiful place. We will have that on the at pop with Aaron Instagram, a little plug here. If you have not gone and followed, go follow that page. I am starting to ramp things up. I got all the branding done. I'm super excited about it. So love that quote. This was a great episode. And as always, the final question we I ask everyone is, what are you grateful for today or this week? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm grateful that I finished up my third semester <laughs> on Thursday. I think that's the biggest. But I think, honestly, I'm really grateful for this episode because I think that it was really good for us as sisters to talk about. And in my eyes, I think it's, I don't know, I think it was, it was really good to be able to do this with you. And I'm really, really grateful that you asked me to do it. So thank you. And I love you. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. I am grateful, as always, for my friends, my family, my health something that's often overlooked. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. We will talk to you next Monday with hopefully my dad on the podcast. As always, rate, review, subscribe, give it five stars. If you truly believe in your heart, it deserves five stars. And we will talk to you all next week. Thank you.